0: morning liberty
1: well what is up all of our liberty loving friends this is another fantastic episode of the good morning liberty podcast my name is nate and with me as always is charles chuck thompson kind of with me i guess we are in separate locations today but you're with me via zoom which is how people are with each other these days how's it going man that's right
0: you're are you hiding out from the law
1: yeah, man. It's I hope now. no one finds me. <laughs> don't tell the sheriff. I'm just trying not to get COVID. You know, I don't want to die. Yeah. So, which, as we keep finding out, is a lower and lower possibility. Honestly, it is. I'm a, I'm a fairly healthy person. <laughs> I think we're gonna so. get into
0: that today, possibly. And And yeah. um, my my nephew tested positive for COVID. So that's not good. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh an interesting which, time, but luckily he's which like. One? dill oh luckily he's uh he's only seven so he's been facetiming his friends and playing video games so i think he's fine (laughs) so far so good he's
1: seven and he looks like he's about 16 so that's how it is in charlie's family he's seven and he's
0: about six foot tall
1: (laughs) (laughs) ridiculous he might actually end up being seven six eight someday i don't know
0: no actually they're predicting him to be like seven foot two good lord
1: yeah all right, guys. Well, this is the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. We do a brand spanking new episode every single day of the week when we want to, which is almost every single day of the week, bringing you life, liberty, in the pursuit of meaning. We're normally in the same room right now. We're in separate rooms. So that's why Charlie, if you're watching Charlie on the video right now, well, he uh, sounds like he's coming through Zoom. And if you're listening to me on the podcast right now, I probably sound like I'm coming through Zoom. So you'll just have to find a way to get over it Zoom, and zoom. to the rest of the podcast. Yeah.
0: Also, we got some shit about start times. I know. And people was, need to understand. Listen, this is when we want to. That's the greatest thing about pursuing personal responsibility and being your own boss. Just whenever the hell you want. We couldn't be any
1: more clear about the fact that it's when we want to. We could do this know? at
0: 10 o'clock at night if we want to.
1: Yeah. And Herb. still call it good morning, Liberty. Exactly. If you want to.
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs>
1: oh. All right. So, Charlie, do you want to tell us this first bit of great news so far? Do you have anything else? How was your weekend? Do you have a good weekend? Everything well, that's good?
0: What, you know, I was going to just talk a little bit. But I, I was hoping, you know, we do this trading class. We talk to you guys about what's going on. and. Um, you know, recently we had a big split between Apple and Tesla and right now Tesla's up 12% on the day and Apple's up almost, uh, 5% on the day. And so had you had bought right at the open, you'd be sitting pretty happy with your account. Um, like I am on my trades today. And so I just wanted to, to let people know that those types of services and information's available.
1: Yeah. You're, uh, You've had a good day so far. Yeah, luckily, l- luckily, you've you know got friends that are willing to call you on Friday and tell you that you think it's a good idea to go ahead <laughs> and get in on those stocks. You know, that's uh, stocks. You know, you i, that advice I didn't buy everywhere. any stocks
0: today. I bought stonks.
1: I oh, you bought stonks. Okay, well, that's never mind then. I was yeah. telling you to buy stocks.
0: Right. No. Uh, yeah. I went with my gut and bought the stonks. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's just I mean, you know, a good weekend but an even better start to a Monday. I mean, that's that's the way Monday should start on.
1: That's how I prefer my Mondays. Yeah. All right man, uh tell me about whether or not we have any good presidential candidates that are running.
0: <laughs> well, what's hilarious is I, you know, I saw a recent uh post by a friend of mine and you see all these people out there talking about well, a vote for, you know, somebody other than Trump or Biden is a vote for one of the other people or it's just a wasted vote and all this stuff. And it's like, I saw a post that somebody made is like, look, if I vote for someone that I vehemently disagree with, then I, isn't that a wasted vote? Isn't that the definition of a wasted vote? Where in good conscience, you can't even go to sleep at night because you voted for someone who you think is cl- clearly, absolutely abhorrent?
1: That does sound like a wasted vote. Right? Seems like a lot
0: of people have been wasting their votes for a while. Yeah, for a long time. And everybody's wondering, like, why do... Why do the presidential candidates keep getting worse and worse? Well, they don't have any. They do not have any competition, by the way. So this coming from uh, Gallup, the news, the news side, probably a poll as well, because that's what they do. Gallup polls. It says 25 percent in the United States say neither candidate would be a good president. As both political parties prepare for their conventions, one in four Americans do not think either of the major party presidential candidates would be a good president at the same time, roughly equal percentages say only Joe Biden or only Donald Trump would make a good president. While 5% say both candidates would similar percentages of Democrats, 75% and Republicans, 79% think only their candidate is suitable while a 37% percent Plurality of independents do not think either would be a good candidate and nearly equal percentages say only Biden or only Trump would be. They probably didn't ask anything about Dr. Joe Jorgensen.
1: Not one single bit. Not one.
0: not, Not even in the least. No. These readings from a July 30th to August 12th poll marked the fourth U.S. presidential election of the five that have occurred since 2004, for which Gallup has asked this question. The current percentage saying neither candidate would make a good president is the highest on record. So even worse <laughs> than what we had Hillary Clinton versus um Donald Trump. Even worse. So That's pretty crazy. In 2004 and 2012 when incumbents were also running, 11% and 17% respectively lacked faith in both candidates' ability to be a good president. In 2008, an open race year, 19% said the same. However, Gallup did not track this measure in 2016 when both non-incumbent candidates, Trump and Hillary Clinton, were historically unpopular. They should have. Why did they not do this? I don't know. That would have been that would have been the numbers to, to go after. Um, hang on just one second because this is the second one in a row, so I need to take this. I'm, I'm really sorry for the live group.
1: All right. so while charlie takes a phone call you know when you get two calls in a row there's just nothing that you can do about it i mean you've got to answer make sure it's okay even if you have your phone on do not disturb and you get two phone calls in a row your phone still tells you that you have to take this phone call
0: you know yeah everyone knows two in a row is when you take it yeah okay everything good yeah i just she needs something right now all right. So
1: um... so what this basically means is that we are dealing with what this basically means is we're dealing with some really terrible, terrible options. And listen, we all know uh, we love Dr. Joe Jorgensen. Uh, the libertarian candidates not going to win. I think we know that it would be really interesting to see the libertarian party get a lot of votes. And I'm not really one of those libertarians that thinks, oh, if we just get a libertarian president and everything's going to be OK. Uh, because the country is pretty obviously not ready for a libertarian president right now uh, I think that we're moving further and further away from that. I don't think that a a I don't think I don't even know if you know they tried to get rid of Trump I feel like they would uh, they would be pretty successful in getting rid of a libertarian candidate because you would just be making everyone mad all the time. I think we got to do a lot of work on all the individuals in our society, all the education in our society, the media, our ability to disseminate between a bunch of propaganda and and misleading stories and all of these things. There's a lot of work that really needs to be done before we focus in on, oh, if we just get Dr. Joe Jorgensen in there and Spike Cohen, well, that's going to fix the problem. I don't really think that, there's a good chance that that would actually fix the problem i think you could actually have a swing in a worse direction so while i want to see a libertarian president presidential candidate get a lot of votes i think that'll be really good as far as keeping the ballot access it would get some more notoriety so maybe you get some debates um i know that there's also federal election funding matching things like that um that if you get a certain amount of the vote you also get some of those funds and so there would be good things if they get a lot of votes, but I'm not just hinging my future on a libertarian president being elected because you should never hinge your future on the right presidential candidate being elected. Charlie, you no. just shouldn't do it.
0: I, I would never do that. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> I, then that's what we talk about on the show all the time is that. You know, honestly, I thought Gary Vee did a really good job of talking about this when him and, and Damon and John were doing this little presentation and somebody was asking him a question and he was like, it shouldn't matter who the president is or, you know, anything like that. Like the market is the market, even though there are, you know, forces outside of our control, we still, the market is still the market and you can still be successful despite the hurdles in your way. And so... Although we do talk about the problems and how we can make them better. It's also your responsibility to understand, for instance, if you're a truck driver, that truck driving's probably going away in the next 10 to 20 years um, mm-hmm. because the writing's on the wall and it's been on the wall and everybody's going to sit there and complain about how we're going to lose 5 million jobs or 10 million jobs. I can't remember. There's a lot of truck drivers Quite and a they few. do great work, but I'm not saying I don't like truck drivers. I do. I have family members that are truck drivers. I talk to them about this all the time. Like the market is the market. You're going to complain that this technology stealing your job and all this stuff is happening. And this president did a terrible thing or whatever. It's like, buddy, it's coming. You can see it happening right now. And it's going to be better for more people. It sucks that you're going to lose that job, but it doesn't mean that you can't pivot your skills somewhere else. I guarantee all these electric self-driving semis are going to need somebody to work on them, or they're going to need somebody to code them or whatever it takes. There's, you can see it happening. And the market is the market, regardless of who the president is or anything like that. You have to take that personal responsibility. I, I believe in that above, above anything else.
1: I, I couldn't agree more, man. Um, you probably could have
0: said it better yourself, but you didn't.
1: I could have said it better myself. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. So th- something that happened last week that we didn't get to talk about because we had an interview on Friday. If you didn't check that out, go check it out. A lot of good information in there. Um, We didn't get to talk about it, but I wanted to go through an article from fee.org about this whole thing that happened with Rand Paul. Obviously, fans of Rand Paul, I think he's the most libertarian person in the Senate for sure. Uh, I would hope that we have more people like him in the Senate in the future going on. I think that would be really great for Liberty overall. And then of course, more people who are even more libertarian and that would be great too. But this crazy thing happened. Of course, I know all you guys have heard about it, but with the, the mob in Washington where Senator Rand Paul and his wife, Kelly Paul were going to walk two blocks to their hotel. And which was a terrible idea. And, uh, and Rand Paul admitted that that was a terrible idea, but they decided they would make it. They walked two blocks to their hotel and they made it one block and then people saw them and knew who they were and started surrounding them. And of course he's been criticized for saying that they were attacked and saying that they feared for their lives and everything. But you've seen plenty of videos of people in these crowds, just completely tearing into people and Ram Paul, he's a, he's a little guy. I mean, he was like five feet tall and obviously can't be extremely strong. Uh, he's, he's already had a bunch of broken ribs and he's just got uh, partial lungs and everything. I don't think that he's really going to be amazing at defending himself if he's not carrying, which he probably isn't because he just left the white house. So, Anyway, they surround them, and you just have no idea what's going to happen. There's just a few cops around them. And, of course, they're chanting about Brianna Taylor. So we're going to read through this article from Fee, and we're going to talk about whether or not this movement actually has any principle or ideology behind it whatsoever, or if it's just a bunch of angry people who have no idea what they're yelling about. So this is called, from Fee.org, it's called The Ignorant Mob Assault on Rand Paul Shows How Political Tribalism Undermines Progress. Following the death of George Floyd in May, a bipartisan national consensus emerged that serious criminal justice reforms were needed. This puts emphasis on an issue that already have broad spectrum support. Polling shows that a clear majority of Americans support reforms such as ending no-knock search warrants, limiting police use of chokeholds, eliminating the civil liability shield for abusive police officers, mandating dashboard and body cameras, and more. In fact, even a majority of police officers support these reforms. So, why hasn't Congress actually accomplished anything? Well, the disturbing saga that just played out featuring Senator Rand Paul reveals the problem in a nutshell. An irate mob sworn the, swarmed the Kentucky senator and his wife as they left the Republican National Convention on Thursday evening to walk back to their hotel. Video captured shows the Pauls being shielded by police officers. As members of the mob scream obscenities at them, agitators then try to push past the police and assault the legislator and his spouse. Mm. He said, just got attacked by an angry mob of over 100, one block away from the White House, the senator tweeted afterwards. Thank you to the D.C. Police Department for literally saving our lives from a crazed mob. And then his wife said Thursday night felt like being in a terrifying dystopian novel. Wrote in a, she wrote in a Washington Examiner op-ed after the fact, the mob swarmed me and my husband. We were rushed up to two police officers, and I believe that is the only thing that kept us from being knocked to the ground. As the mob grew and became more threatening, we literally could not move, and neither could the two officers for several minutes. The riders were inch, inches from us screaming in our faces. Mobs are terrifying, she, continu- she continued. They looked at us with no humanity, just a vicious and righteous zeal. What's particularly ironic about these agitators is that they were screaming obscenities about criminal justice and the death of Breonna Taylor, one of the most outspoken champions of police reform in Congress. Yeah. The, the assailants no. screeched things like say her name and Breonna Taylor, Breonna Taylor. They were harassing the very Senator who met with Taylor's family and worked with them to craft legislation banning the no knock police search warrants that led to her tragic death. That's right. Ram Paul literally introduced the justice for Brianna Taylor act.
0: And it just, God, this just shows you that there is like, literally, it doesn't matter to these people whatsoever. They have no. no idea what they're, and this is what happens in mobs too. I mean, I mean, well, you can go back to Bible times, but any other times it doesn't matter. Once you get a certain group of people, people just join in and they have no idea. It's like, it's like brick from anchorman. I have no idea what we're yelling about <laughs> loud noises. Loud noises. We are yelling. <laughs> it's it's literally, and that's how it kind of works. And then this is how people, um, this is how people get hurt by mobs or, or killed by mobs, uh, especially in other countries. I mean, this happens quite frequently still in, in middle Eastern countries when people are getting stoned and stuff, the mob gathers and somebody says that these people are guilty and then everybody picks up rocks.
1: And it's, it's been happening in the riots over the last few months right. as well. There's been people attacked by mobs that have literally been killed in the streets. I don't think it's I don't think it's ridiculous for Rand Paul to say that they feared for their lives when this group is around them, especially being a sitting US senator. If people get the chance to actually get their hands on them, they're not gonna stop. Or at least you're gonna, gonna get a hundred people that are each gonna get a kick in on him and 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 that's it. And and then it's over. So I don't think it's uh, crazy for them to be fearing for their lives anyway. Right. So it goes on to say Paul has also championed other criminal justice causes uh, such as sentencing reform and demilitarizing the police. It's no exaggeration to say that he has done more to advance criminal justice reform than almost any other elected Republican in America. None of this mattered to the mob that menaced Paul and his wife. The agitators and some left-wing commentators were too blinded by tribalist hatred of Team Red to even acknowledge the basic fact that Paul has explicitly worked for, just, for justice for Breonna Taylor. Even Democrats and liberals who disagree with Paul on everything else either appreciate his work on criminal justice and seek to work together on the issue. Some, such as Senator Cory Booker and Kamala Harris, have done so in the past, but increasingly many on the left instead indiscriminately vilify all Republicans and are unable to view them as anything other than inherently evil members of Team Red. Uh, So it finishes up saying such partisan venom... To say nothing of literal mobs makes cooperation towards shared goals impossible and sets back progress. If the other side will still hate you and never give an ounce of credit, why would any elected official ever stray from the party line? Unfortunately, tribalistic behavior is hardly exclusive to the left. Some prominent Republicans and conservative media commentators regularly engage in similarly tribalist and blind opposition to Democrats. Although, thankfully, the right is far less prone to mob violence and rioting than today's left. However, other Republican leaders like Senator Paul have shown a willingness to reject tribalism and work with anyone across the aisle from Representative Ro Ro Khanna to Senator Bernie Sanders, where common ground can be found. Simply put, tribalism is to progress what bleach is to growing grass. Until more Americans can view our political opponents not as inherently evil enemies, but as real people who aren't always wrong, no meaningful change can be accomplished yeah. great great words there
0: yeah really really good article i like this one a lot um yeah it's just it still is just it blows my mind that we've devolved into this us versus them mentality where you know i think kelly put it right here is like she they looked at us with no humanity like we're not even human beings anymore we're literally just a mouthpiece for the ideology that we hate and therefore since we hate it and we believe it's bad, then we can destroy it uh, because we're doing the right thing. We're on the right side. And this goes for both sides, by the way, I think the same thing is true of people on the far right who look at the, at the left. Um, It's, it's the same like this, this political Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot is that, the the um, uh, what's the game? He calls it the um, if you're going to play identity politics. So he talks about identity politics. It, it, it only ends in violence. It, it ends in dangerous. We saw the the shooting at the baseball field of the Republicans trying to get a little baseball in uh, that almost killed a senator. Um, and then you've seen these riots and violence broke out. I mean, more people have died since George Floyd. Than George Floyd and and the other people that were shot, so yeah, I mean,
1: there's been more people die in all the violence from the riots than the amount of unarmed black people that were shot by police officers last right, year. Right. So the, we obviously haven't had anything good from this. I, I can't think of anything good that has came from any of these riots. We're not getting any police reform, like that. That's not happening. We're just Entrenching people further in a, and more hatred towards one another, and that's not going to lead to any type of common ground on any of these goals whatsoever. And it's it's this stuff can honestly it can only end in violence. That's really the only way that it can end, and we're seeing that play out right now. And it's 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 very disheartening. It's disappointing. Um, it's it's angering for sure. And it's especially, I was especially upset about Paul being attacked and them literally chanting things about Brianna Taylor, because that means they have no idea what they're talking about. They're completely ignorant to this, to the situation. That's the proper term for it. They're completely ignorant to the situation. I'm not saying that means all of them out there are completely ignorant or they're anyone's all uneducated or anything like that. But the people that were surrounding Rand Paul were completely and totally ignorant about the, the situation, especially surrounding Brianna Taylor and surrounding Senator Rand Paul, because if they would have known anything about Senator Rand Paul and anything about the fact that he introduced a bill called the justice for Brianna Taylor act, which
0: Brianna's Taylor helped him make Brianna Taylor's family. Sorry. Helped him make. Not only did he say her name multiple times, he literally put it, it on a piece of legislation. He went to her family and had them help him craft some legislation in her name
1: and introduced it in the Senate. Like, what else do you want someone to do? Right. You just want them to literally say her name out loud? Is that what we're reducing this to? Is just saying names like that's going to help anything? Why would you attack someone who is actually doing something who could help something? Because I don't know if this actually has anything to do with anything other than pointing out the fact that you're angry about stuff right and i think that all this has to do is uh, taking out your hatred on other people i don't think it has anything to do with solving the problem whatsoever because i don't think anyone knows what the
0: solution to the problem is and guys i'm not sure anyone knows just so you know the Chappelle show was a joke you know if you have hate (laughs) in your heart let it out that's that was a joke (laughs) it was a joke you don't have to do it don't you're not supposed to follow that (laughs) it's a joke (laughs) yeah yeah Sam has a really long comment here, but I think it's really good. Um, So I'm going to read it. He says, originally, I tried to get people to be communal with Antifa because I saw it as they hate the state. We hate the state. We can find common ground, perhaps. However, as time has passed, I've realized they in no way want what I want, nor will they be civil enough to reach an understanding. Their end objective is nothing close to freedom. It's shared group thought. They have made it clear through recent events that they only hate the system because they're not the ones in charge. And when given the opportunity, they destroy homes and businesses because they can. They're parasites of their neighbor. And while I originally thought we could work together to get our own end goals, I see I was wrong. They're filled with hate and not towards the system or their controllers, but against other people who don't fall in line with what they think. They don't want freedom. They want monolithic idealism. Combine this with their incredible disdain for things such as traditional family and God, and I realize they're as much an enemy of the people as those they claim to hate. I said yesterday that I am happy to dismiss those that will not allow peace, as it has become clear that this applies to Antifa. To those like me who just want to be left alone, I urge you to ask yourself, do you think they'll let you be, they'll, do you think they'll let you be left alone, or are your principles of family, religion, or protection too offensive for them? I take back... Uh, Sorry, I take back what I've said in the past and I won't pardon them just because they're not in a position of legal power. Examine yourself and consider if you want uh, what you want is acceptable to them or if it's just another boot to live under. So, you know, that was
1: the exact problem that I had with Adam Kokesh when we were going back and forth with him because he was so supportive of the Chaz Chop in Seattle and Uh, I was just thinking the whole time, like, okay, what's it look like if these people succeed, are they going to usher in a new era of freedom for everyone? Is that what's going to happen? Or are we exchanging a fascist government, a brutal fascist government for a brutal communist government? You know, like uh, I can't get behind either one of those. So while I agree with a lot of the problems they have with the state they aim to take care of those problems by becoming the state and just having the same control. That's why we talk so much about animal farm when all this stuff first started going on uh, because that's exactly what it was. It was people rising up against their rulers and then becoming even worse than the rulers that you had to begin with. And I think that's something that we're that we're seeing here quite a bit. And another thing I was gonna say, Charlie, see what you think about this. like, it made me think. You know, we interviewed. Um, oh crap! The guy from the Libertarian podcast. Um, oh, Chris. Yeah, we interviewed from Chris. We are
0: libertarians?
1: Um, and they are generally very sympathetic towards this whole cause, and including BLM and a lot of things going on. And they don't really. I mean, obviously, they condemn the violence and they condemn all of that, but they're they're really the last people you would see out there talking about how stupid the protests are and how, you know, what whatever it is. And it's because they are they're doing a very great job showing a lot of empathy for the cause and the cause of minorities in the in the US and around the world and injustice that, that people have seen and. I I tried to go along those lines when all of this first started happening and be as, just be as empathetic as I possibly could with the situation and realize that a lot of people are very mad. And the more I've dug into the whole situation and the more I've read some books about it and looked up statistics and things like that, um, I do find myself very sorry that people have had very hard lives, but I can't get behind what's happening right now whatsoever. And I can't simply say that because, yeah, there's been some racism before and quite a bit of it, that that means we have to allow all of this to keep going on because this is not the way to fix that. I don't really see that this really has anything to do with it. I don't think ushering in a brutal communist government is the way to to fix the situation. I don't think destroying capitalism is a way to fix the situation. I don't think that uh, black people being killed by police is a uh, terrible viral pandemic that's going around and, and everyone's got to be scared to leave. The numbers just simply don't support that. And I'm sorry for anyone who has been killed. And if it is a greater percentage of the proportion of the population, and I get that and you could, you could say that some of that's due to racism and some of it's due to uh, most of it is due to the economic status more the than drug likely. war. What's that? The drug war. Yeah. And, and so I, I'm, I'm trying to be understanding of all of that, but I can't just come in line with all of the things that people are upset about right now, because a lot of it is just simply not the case. It's not true and there are bad things that have happened there are people that have been killed by police and there have been injustices but it's all been i I hate really talking about it like this but it feels like it's really been blown up even worse than the coronavirus right now as far as the danger to society that it is and so i'm not going to bend to being entirely empathetic to any of these riots or protests or the things that are going on because I'd find this to be a very dangerous movement and a very dangerous ideology that is, that is coming to fruition here. And I'm not going to back down just because a bunch of kids are throwing a loud enough fit. Like, I'm just not going to do that. Just because, just because you feel a certain way about a situation does not mean that you're right. Now you might feel that way and let's work on why you feel that way, but it doesn't mean that you're right.
0: Yeah. And I would say, you know, at first I was empathetic because I think about, I think about my son, like what if, what if a cop unjustly killed my son? Um, and I would be mad at the government for all the the laws that they pass and the regulations and all the things that led up to that, why that interaction happened to begin with or anything like that. Um, and, I, I, you know, I'm upset because, or I would be upset because police do not be get to be executioners. Um, and with the George Floyd thing, with the cop keeping his knee on the guy's neck, is completely uncalled for. Uh, whether he died of fentanyl or anything else, it doesn't matter. Keeping your knee on somebody's neck when they are already down on the ground for over eight minutes is, is completely unacceptable, in my opinion. And the second thing was... But but the, the second thing is, as this goes on, I'm with the live group and with you, I am becoming less and less empathetic because what is the end goal? You know, I see all these libertarians posting about how, oh, well, if you don't agree with the protesters and the riots, then you would be the ones calling your your brethren treasonous during the the uh, American Revolutionary War. And it's like, no, 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 that's not the same thing you can't compare those two because in the, in the revolutionary war in what was happening uh, during that time, that fight was a, based on a set of principles. And what they ushered in was freedom and Liberty. The fight that we're having now is, is the, the ones that are in this, the, the rioting and protesting, what they're demanding is their own form of tyranny. They want to replace current tyranny with their own form of tyranny. And that's there. They're, those two aren't even remotely related whatsoever.
1: And it's tyranny based on the idea that the capitalist system is a terrible system and we've got it and we've got to tear it down. And so no one needs to kid themselves on all we're going to do is issue in some police reforms and then everyone's going to be off the streets and everyone's going to be happy about society. That's not what's going on. People have pinpointed the fact, actually, when you think about it, because this has led to a conversation about capitalism, people have pinpointed the fact that a lot of this violence stems from terrible economic situations. And so they have looked at the fact that we have a mostly capitalist society, and and so they have blamed capitalism, but they have not actually traced the problems all the way back to their roots and the problem is not that people should be free to exchange value with one another the problem is that we say that and then we have the government control all of that value exchange all the time and that is what has led to most of these problems
0: the fundamental differences is they are they're demanding as magoo says here they're demanding compliance and conformity they're demanding that they know what's best for you in the american revolutionary war the demand was you know, what's best for you. We're fighting for so you can decide what's best for you. They're fighting for so they can control what's best for you. And they believe that that anything, you know, contrary to a free market and capitalism with billionaires not existing is the only way uh, that all of human society can reach the utopia we so demand. And yeah. the, the they're foolish. It's completely foolish. It, there's there's no way that you can organize a society in that way despite how good the theory sounds
1: well let's uh let's stick on the riots here for a minute and uh, we'll be talking about about, i'm just upset
0: about libertarians that say stuff like that i'm like yeah it's not even a true comparison it's completely it's it's completely different so the new now we've been talking a lot
1: about gaslighting and shifting the blame and all the amazing psychological techniques that people have been trying to pull over on one another recently. And I've noticed a couple new ones. One people are just blatantly going out there and saying that Trump is trying to kill people and that these are actually Trump's riots and, and talking about (laughs) talking about coronavirus too, which we'll be talking about the CDC's numbers here in a minute. Um, This comes from a tweet from at Chris Murphy, uh, CT, I'm assuming Connecticut says, can we take the gloves off and tell the truth? Trump is deliberately killing people. He holds rallies where people get infected on Thursday, no social distancing or masks, sending a clear message that the CDC should be ignored. His plan is to kill people. Let's just say it. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, we're, we're literally getting, we're getting further and further into the idea that, and how many retweets and likes did that get? Um, I did not pull that part of the tweet. i cut off the screenshot, um, before I saw that it was a lot because it got in front of me. I'm not following the person. Um, the other thing that a lot of people are trying to pull, pull off right now is that the riots have actually been far right extremists. And that's who's actually doing the riot. So this comes from Joy Reed, who is. Um, oh, what's the Oh man? This is turning
0: into a dumb bleep Monday.
1: I know it's a dumb bleep Monday right now. We didn't get to do dumb bleep for the week on Friday. She said, let me repeat this for those inventing the idea of the Black Lives Matter riots. Black Lives Matter doesn't riot. They march against police violence. And note that those caught setting fires, assaulting and shooting people are consistently of the right, not the left. Really? So you just
0: say that. You just say it. What's
1: what's funny is her evidence for this is going to be kind of ridiculous. But it says, according to a June estimate by Washington Post fact checker of the approximately uh, 1,400 arrests in 49 cities since late May. Most involve locals charged with low-level offenses such as violating curfew or blocking a roadway. Okay, that doesn't matter. Says so. Let's gobi- stop giving in to the narrative. Trump and his allies are inventing, inventing to try and help him cling to power. Autocrats always eventually get to this place, accusing the opposition of being anarch- anarchic and, and violent to cover up their own rot and violence. <laughs> She's saying, "What? How do you know that, Joy?" You are much more at risk from unmasked Trump cultists coming home to your suburb from a super spreader rally and coughing or sneezing on you at Walmart or touching the door handle after wiping their nose than you are from a black lives matter rally. (laughs) And then she just keeps adding stuff in this one more. Again, here's someone setting fire to a police car. And here's the funny part. Here's the point she was making. A lot of the people in the photos are white. Mm. And so therefore in her mind, these are people that come from the far right. These aren't Black Lives Matter rioters. They're far right wing extremists. Because they're white. Because they're white. Simply
0: because they're <laughs> white.
1: Hmm. That was the point that she was trying to make with that. That's interesting. So I could not hold that off until Friday. There was just no way. But while we talk about these riots and how. She wins a uh, dumb bleep of the month. I know. We're losing empathy for for the protesters and rioters. Did you see what Austin Peterson was going on this weekend? No, I didn't see that. Austin Peterson talking repeatedly about how he might be voting for Donald Trump. Oh, yeah, I did see that, but I didn't read into it. He has been saying one of his last tweets I saw was that there was only one person standing between you and complete mob violence. And uh, earlier, before that, he had tweeted, I'm thinking about voting for Donald Trump. Change my mind. And so he tweeted a bunch of stuff like that. So even Austin Peterson is feeling the fear from the riots and what's going to happen if we don't have Trump here to hold off all the things that are going on. Now, I don't think that that is a completely amazing point because... I think the riots and everything will get worse if Trump wins. I think things there probably be less riots if Biden wins, I think there will still be riots, you know, don't, don't get me wrong, but I think there's going to be a lot more. The only difference is when that happens after Trump wins re-election, you will officially see the military in the streets and, and things like that. So I'm not making the argument that he is correct, but I'm not going to, I, I, I refuse to lie on this program i'm gonna vote for joe jorgensen i really hope trump wins the election well i hope joe jorgensen wins the election i'll say that i'm voting for joe jorgensen i hope trump i hope out of the two candidates that are likely to win i hope trump wins the election that's all that's all i'm saying i don't i know he's not awesome policies are not great but if i if you were going to put a gun to my head remember i said i'm voting for joe okay if you're going to put a gun in my head and say, who would you rather have be the president for the next four years? I would say, I hope Trump wins the election. That's, that's all I have to say about that. Just being truthful about it. Well, if we're going to do rank, honest.
0: if we're going to do rank choice voting, let's say, yeah. it's going to be Joe Jorgensen, Trump, and then Biden. That would be, that would be my rank choice. One, two, yeah. and three.
1: Yeah, so. me too. That's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome for that little insight to rank choice.
1: Yeah. And if I, you know, we, I guess we live with the, the privilege of being in a state that's just going to go for Trump, like 65% probably or more. Um, so I don't have to worry about what my vote does whatsoever. If I lived in a state where I thought it was going to come down to like 5,000 votes or something, I would say I'd be a little bit more conflicted about what I was going to do with my vote this time honestly would. I would probably still go vote for Joe because she hasn't given me any reasons to not vote for her, and, or very, very few reasons to not vote for her, and a lot of reasons to vote for her. And Trump has given me a lot of reasons to not vote for him, and only a few to vote for him. So in in that light, I believe Dr. Joe would still get my vote. I'm just saying, even people like AP have been saying things like this I've been entertaining the notion in the back of my mind about how I would much rather Trump be reelected than go further towards the left with all these people in power and all this crazy, crazy socialist talk that's going on right now that I would rather stave it off for another four years for a little bit, you know, um, So so maybe you can, you know, everyone get together and set your businesses up for a socialist government so you can be big enough for when that happens that it won't matter. You know, give yourself a few more years to uh, to be prepared for for 70 percent taxation down the road. Yeah. You know, but anyway, it's just I I don't think that I don't think Black Lives Matter is winning hearts and minds right now. I just really don't. I don't think so. I I think Biden and Harris know that. I think because they both tweeted condemning the violence over the weekend. Well, Biden tweeted it, and then Kamala Harris retweeted with a comment.
0: I think they said they have a crime bill in the works for that. Yeah, yeah. All right, man, tell me about CDC. All right, let's go on. The coronavirus is still happening, by the way. I don't know if you guys have forgotten about that, but uh, although the news isn't covering as as much, it's still out there, by the way. So this coming from Forbes, Twitter removes claim about CDC and COVID-19 coronavirus deaths that Trump retweeted. When you only see, when you see, quote, only 6% trending on Twitter, the next obvious question is only 6% of what? Only 6% of dogs wear shoes. Only 6% of cats are plotting to stage a coup, a coup d'état in your house. Only 6% of what Tinder profiles says, say is true. Nope. Various tweets were pulling the 6% number from the following passage on the provisional death counts for coronavirus disease 2019 page on the center for disease control and prevention website quote table three shows the types of health conditions and contributing causes mentioned in conjunction with deaths involving coronavirus disease 2019 for 6% of the deaths COVID-19 was the only cause mentioned for example, for example, a Twitter account named Mel Q um, tweeted out the following this week, the CDC quietly updated the COVID uh, the COVID number to admit that only six percent of all the one hundred fifty three thousand five hundred four deaths recorded actually died from COVID. That's nine thousand two hundred ten deaths. The other ninety four percent had two to three other serious illnesses, and the overwhelming majority were of very advanced age. And so, if you uh, if you guys look this up, if you see in the chart, you had. Um, almost 50% I believe were 55 years of age or older or maybe more than that. It was more than that. Yeah, yeah. It was more than that. I can't remember 65 and older. 70, it, was it was about
1: 70% of people were over 50 that died.
0: Yeah. And uh, they had an average of like 2.6, um, other co- comor- comorbidities which means two to three other illnesses like cancer or diabetes or heart disease or something else. Um, So speaking of Trump, is that the Donald J Trump that retweeted the Mel Q tweet looks that way because the account is called at real Donald Trump as opposed to at not really Donald Trump. So if the president (laughs) retweeted the Mel Q statements, then it's got to be credible, right? One itty bitty problem with the tweet, though, it does not accurately portray what the CDC said on its website. That's why if you search for the original tweet now, you will get a message that says this tweet is no longer available because it violated the Twitter rules. Um, If you want to know why the original tweet was inaccurate or misleading, just read the rest of what the CDC indicated after the 6% quote for deaths with conditions or causes. In addition to COVID-19 on average, there were 2.6 additional conditions or causes per death. Take a gander at what these additional conditions or causes are. They include things such as adult pneumonia, respiratory distress syndrome, respiratory failure, respiratory arrest, other diseases of the respiratory system and sepsis. Hmm. These sound very much like the things that COVID-19 can lead to and what can ultimately kill people with severe COVID-19. So for example, say a person gets a COVID-19 coronavirus infection, which eventually progresses to pneumonia, ARDS, respiratory distress, other organ failure and death. Then there's a decent chance doctors will indicate more than one of these conditions as a cause of death. After all, when you go to the grocery store, come back with a bunch of food and 5,000 rolls of toilet paper, and are asked where have you been and what have you been doing you don't tend to just say i got in the car instead you tell the whole story so charlie when
1: they when they indicate things on a chart do you get multiple codes for your death or are you just going to get really one code i guess i could
0: get down to lacy right now and well so on the death certificate there's usually multiple reasons uh why a death occurred so you, you could have motor, motor vehicle accident. And then listed underneath that would be blunt force trauma. And then the actual cause of death was uh, pneumonia from asphyxiation. So because you got in a car wreck and you had blunt uh, blunt force trauma and your diaphragm wasn't working, you ended up puking and choking on your own puke. So the asphyxiation, the choking on your puke and the pneumonia that it caused actually is what ultimately killed you, although you had several other factors included. So, 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 you know, this is, I will say this. So I, and your heart I, stops. Yeah. And you're, yeah, eventually your heart stops. That's cardiac arrest. Everybody dies from cardiac arrest. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. eventually your heart stops. But I was uh, having a conversation uh, with a few folks about this today. And the thing that I want to say about this is that, Um, first of all, it's true that death is multivariate and it's complicated. Like the reason you die, um, is for all kinds of things. I mean, like I'm just mentioned, if you get in a car accident, sure. The car accident killed you, but the car accident caused a lot of other things to happen. And the actual cause of death, uh, could be for a number of reasons. And so I said, um, but even with all that it doesn't negate the fact that the predictions and the response to what happened were so off base it would be comical if it didn't cause such destruction so the the thing about it is is that the six percent number for people who died just of covid um i think is still valid regardless of whether or not um the, the makeup of a death certificate or how you die could be multiple factors. Here's the thing, your body can only handle so much, right? So if you have a a kidney disease and diabetes and anything else, and you get the flu, then your chances of dying increase dramatically because you got the flu. And in fact, 40 to 60,000 people still die every single year from the flu. So this wasn't the early onset in March was, this was a virus that on its own could kill healthy people of any age. And there were going to be 2 million deaths. That's what they were saying. That's why we shut down the country. That's why we shut down everything to flatten the curve, everything else. It was this mass hysteria. This is the deadliest virus known to man ever. And if you catch it, you're going to die. When in reality, Almost every single person that catches it that doesn't have underlying conditions actually survive. And so the, 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 what I think this article gets wrong is it says that if a person gets COVID-19 coronavirus infection, which eventually progresses to pneumonia, ARDS, or respiratory distress, other organ failure and death, it's trying to say that you caught these co- you caught these comorbidities because you caught COVID, which isn't necessarily true. Um, and when you dig into the numbers, that doesn't actually um, roll out because how does one person just die from the actual virus without it causing any conditions for you to die? Like what, what else? Yeah. The, the 9,000 or 10,000 people that died just from covid what it did did it slit its did they slit their throat did the did the, the virus f- jump out and just cut its throat or stab him in the heart and be like ah, got you the,
1: the heart was like, oh dang it, we got covid right I'm out right I'll see you later no that I think that the author is I don't think the author is correct about this and saying that um that those were the people who died from COVID only because what you said there you're not no one's going to die from covid only there's going to be something else it's going to be pneumonia it's going to be respiratory distress of some kind those things are all going to be indicated on the charts or it could be it could COVID be covid and then you and then you pass away peacefully mostly peacefully in your sleep
0: or you could, like it could that. be a stroke or um uh, uh pulmonary embolisms or something like that because of covid's also causing clotting um, yeah. so especially with people that have heart disease because obviously you're circulatory system isn't working as well as it should have. And this virus is causing some clotting. And in most normal people, you can get rid of those clots. Your body can figure out a way to get rid of those. Um, In people who have other comorbidities, um, diabetes, for instance, because that really affects your, your blood flow Um, uh, smoking, people who smoke uh, the the nicotine, all of those things can uh, inhibit your body from, ridding of those types of things then yeah sure you 19 could easily kill you and but what we've seen when you take the totality of the numbers of the deaths that have occurred as we mentioned it's like 70 or 70 percent or more are, are above the age of 55 um, and almost all of them had two to three other diseases um, and i i want to say at least, um, 30 to 40% was above the age of, uh, 65. So, you know,
1: I, I think that there's a lot of, I think people are really trying to find a way to obviously just blame this on COVID. Now I'm not trying to say that COVID isn't dangerous. And I think that there is definitely, um, it's important to see what eventually pushed someone's body over the edge because, like you said, you can only handle so much. And obviously, the person was alive and they were okay. And uh, well, some of them until they got COVID, and then that's what finished them off. So, that is what eventually led to them dying for a lot of these people. But I don't think it would do anyone any service to ignore the fact that the U.S. has a pretty bad health problem overall. That might be why you've seen so many terrible numbers from the U.S. sometimes compared to other countries, because we do have higher rates of heart disease and higher rates of liver failure and higher or liver disease and, and higher rates of diabetes in a lot of these other countries. And so it kind of would make sense that we would have a higher death rate, especially since so many more people have comorbidities than in a lot of other countries, like what Todd just said in the live group. COVID is a time for our society to discuss our unhealthy lifestyles. And I think people don't want to do that because then you're saying that it's one, you're saying it's not Covid's fault. And you're saying that people could have made different choices somehow, and they could have not died from COVID. And then it could be somewhat tied to personal responsibility, which is, just something that people don't want to talk about
0: now or you, you got be, old and died yeah you can't be so that still happens that by you the don't way. get old
1: yeah i mean yeah. that happens
0: now look we have If you guys have not this is the first time listening to the show we forgot to preface this article with we're against death completely yeah. and wholly in fact we started an organization we haven't got the website up yet but it's called antida <laughs> which stands for anti-death we're we're completely against it in every shape form fashion and circle I, I can't say enough about it, how much we're against death, but can't say it enough times. But so far, we haven't figured out how, um, how we have, we haven't figured out how to cure death yet. And there's so, only a
1: few things you can do. You can try and live a healthier lifestyle. And
0: that's a, really about all you can do. But to even try then, and- I mean, Lance Armstrong had testicular cancer, that guy, yeah. ra- well, it might have been from the steroids he was taking, possibly, but the <laughs> dude, <laughs> the dude won, whatever, 28 tour de France tour de (laughs) francs, i don't know he won a lot of a few of those like seven would have like seven for like fifty years by that time (laughs) i I think think he won like seven of them (laughs) yeah but anyway he's still got testicular cancer so even if you are in great shape like look the world is here to take you out i mean you start dying from the moment you're born Uh, although you do grow up a little bit but everything's out you get bacteria you get all kinds of infections and here's the thing the way the way the numbers and the data is shaping up as we mentioned, is that COVID looks to be about two, possibly three times as worse because it really depends on how effective the social distancing and the masking is. We don't—that's going to be hard to tell. I said from the very beginning: pay attention to what happens, look at the data as it comes in. So I would, I would round out, or I would give it an error of let's say two to three times. So it's possible we could have had three hundred thousand deaths or four hundred thousand. But I'm going to stick with about two times worse than what um, than what uh, the flu is. And now, look, we've had a vaccine for the flu for a very long time. And on average, it still kills around 40 to 60,000 people a year. Now, why does the flu kill that many people? Well, it's usually people that have other comorbidities. <laughs> if you go look at the numbers, it's the same exact thing.
1: Well, it actually does. The flu kills more young, healthy people than COVID does. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's actually a little bit more dangerous. It's more
0: dangerous for the, for healthier people, especially kids and babies yeah. than COVID. I brought is. up, um, in a, but well, let me IG- finish that real quick. I'm, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. All I was going to say was, is that I think COVID is going to be around. And once we get the vaccine out for it on average, we'll see 20, 30, 40, 50,000 people a year still die from it, uh, because it's a flu like, um, virus. That, uh, is going to stick around just like the flu sticks around and it'll probably Mm -hmm. mutate and do different things. And it'll be around for a while, even if we have a vaccine for it. And so people are going to be dying of this thing probably until God only knows when maybe until Jesus comes back, man, Hmm. I don't know. And, and then the the second thing I want to add is to me, that doesn't mean like, you know, COVID is still very dangerous, obviously for people with diseases and for people that have, um, comorbidities and for older folks. So for instance, I'm going to see my dad for the first time, uh, this weekend and he has diabetes and he's a double amputee and he's sorry, dad, he's overweight and, um, high blood pressure, pressure for his height. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. High, <laughs> especially for his height now, <laughs> um, for he's got, um, you know, high blood pressure and different things like that. And so we are taking extreme precautions before we go down there, making sure that we do not pass on uh, something else for his body to fight off that could end up leading to his death, because obviously I don't want my dad to die right now. And so if, if, if I'm going to take the personal responsibility, I don't want my dad to get COVID. And so I still think for me, at least that it still holds true that, that you should still take the personal responsibility not to transmit this to other people um, by staying uh, away from people if you can and also uh, still wearing a mask. That's that's my opinion. Um, I just saw my mom. We for can the get first a vaccine since
1: February uh, last weekend. Yeah. Pretty crazy. If she gets covid, I'm going to feel like a total ass. I'll yeah. tell you that. Um, one thing I said on IG was the person was saying, well, yeah, obviously. They had other stuff, but their real cause of death was COVID. And listen, that's partially true. You could go on living with diabetes and everything could be fine and you get COVID and you end up dying. And so you still got to pay attention to the fact that COVID was very dangerous, but you could get down to the root cause of the problem. What did all the people who survived COVID do differently One of the main things was that they were younger, so you can't really help that a lot. But one of the other main things was that they were healthier. And so if you want to take a little bit of personal responsibility on it, you could look towards that as a way to fix it. I brought up the example to someone. I was like, listen, you get a bunch of people on a roller coaster. One of them is uh, just say one of the guys there is 500 pounds, uh, has got every disease that you would assume someone who weighs 500 pounds has. Everyone goes on the roller coaster ride. so." plus size roller coaster and everyone goes on the roller coaster ride and the that guy has a heart attack and dies and everyone else survived so would you put that as death by roller coaster would you add that as to a way that roller coasters are dangerous for your health is that what you would come up with roller coasters are dangerous for your health would that be the answer or could you say well I know that guy had a heart attack because he got on a roller coaster, but you know, if he wouldn't weigh 500 pounds, he'd probably still be alive like all the other people that went on the roller coaster. And so listen, I'm not just trying to victim blame here, but there's a certain percentage of people who had they made better life choices could still be alive right now. And I want them to be alive still, but I hope that everyone else learns a little bit of a lesson from this That. We should all try to, me included, I've been, I've felt like I've been trying to lose weight for 20, 20 odd years now. It doesn't matter how much Coke zero you drink. It doesn't matter how much food I eat or how many Cokes I drink or how long I lay on the couch. I can never seem to lose weight. (laughs) It just never happens. And so, you know, I'm, I'm speaking from experience here. We could all, I can literally see some workouts, some exercise bands right there in the closet and they might sit there for the next month i don't know they might not move one time or i could go hit those up right now and hit them up a a few times a day for the next few months and i could look like a totally different person here in a few months and i could have my very own covid vaccine you know which is just called having a healthier body Mm -hmm. so charlie can't help uh, it because we're over an hour now
0: so i can't help this my mom my mom commented in the live group and said chuck's dad is half the man he used to be (laughs) oh that's good yep lieutenant dad is his name (laughs) all right guys i say all this stuff to his face by the way so it's not like i'm making fun of him behind his back did
1: you ever get him that you were going to get him a pair of shoes for christmas did you ever end up doing that i sent him
0: a pair of slippers (laughs) for christmas Wrapped up in an Amazon gift box. God, that's hilarious. (laughs) Oh,
1: I love it. Yeah.
0: Oh, anyway. Speaking of slippers for people that don't have feet. (laughs)
1: Okay, guys, if you're interested in learning how to day trade, go to mastermystonks.com. We're over an hour here on the podcast, so we got to wrap it up. Charles got to bounce this out. And if you're interested in learning the strategies that we trade, I think. You know the trades. I want to here say Tesla. Apple,
0: Tesla just hit five fourteen. Good, <laughs> <laughs> just keeps going.
1: <laughs> so the trades on Apple and Tesla today are what? Well over a thousand bucks today. Yep. Yeah, well over.
0: Nice. It's still going. That's good.
1: So uh, if you're interested in learning about the stock market there are always new opportunities just like just like today tesla and apple both did their stock splits today and it is pretty much a far gone conclusion that a stock that does a split is going to run up the entire day after it splits and that's pretty much what happened with tesla and apple and if you are interested in learning about the market overall how to read charts how to use a brokerage platform all the strategies that we use every single day then go to mastermystonks.com or mastermytrades.com and get started on your future today y'all the best time to do it is well, the best time to do it was 10 years ago. The second best time is right now. Yeah. So get at it.
0: I know better time to, to to do it. So yeah. do it. Y'all, if you want to be part of these of this hilarious live group, then you need to get in by going to Patreon.com slash good Patreon.com slash good morning liberty. Thank you to all of our patron supporters. You guys help us run ads and do all kinds of stuff that keeps growing this message. So it's because of you that we get to do what we love to do when we want to do it, by the way. So uh, we really appreciate all of the support. Uh, you can sign up as well. Patreon.com slash good morning Liberty to get inside of this group and make fun of us and, um, and just have a good time. There's no better, better place to be. It's only five bucks a month. That's basically nothing. Um, and then please continue to share the show and leave us at rating and review the numbers again today uh, as the most listeners we've ever had again. Um, so even though we had a few days out of town and stuff like that, I'm going to be out of town starting Friday and I won't be back until th- uh, the next Thursday. So i miss. Almost... You'll still
1: get an episode from me every single day yeah. though.
0: So you guys have to suffer through Nate's thoughts and <laughs> And uh, and then I'll be back. I'll be back with you for the dumb bleep of the week on Friday uh, or sorry, Thursday. I'll be back Thursday, the sixth. So I'm taking a little labor day vacation down to the beach. It's been a while since I've been to the beach. So I'm looking forward to that, Um, but I'm going to miss all of y'all. I'm going to miss you. So please share the show. Please leave us that rating review. If you guys do all of that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty.
1: What's not to like about Vermont in terms of the beauty of it? And what a neat town. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids.